Hi, I'm Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet everywhere. Thanks to the power of the podcasts and the YouTube and all that other good stuff. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this week I am so excited to talk about formulating cocktail bitters. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be some good stuff. Yeah. So this week we took a trip to New York City um, where we were invited to teach a workshop on formulating cocktail bitters for our friends at um, the Kindred restaurant in the East Village. Um, And we posted about that on social media and everybody was like, oh, I wish I could go to that. And so um, we wanted to talk about it on the pod today. That's right. So we're going to do it. But first, just in case you need a little reminder, here's our (laughs) weekly reclaimer. We are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States. So these discussions are for educational purposes only. Everybody's body is different. So the things that we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but we hope that they'll give you some good information to think about and research further. And we just want to remind you that good health is your own personal responsibility. Uh, The final decision when you're considering any course of therapy, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by your physician, is always yours. Yes. You have choices. Yes. And today your choices are, let's make some fancy cocktails that are herbal powered. Hey, you can also make fancy mocktails. So just to demonstrate, I have here a giant glass. Well, it's actually a mason jar because I'm an herbalist and I don't know who needs glasses. We've got mason jars. <laughs> a mason jar of watermelon kombucha, fizzy water, and this amazing bitters blend from our friend Rebecca Altman that has devil's club, rose, hawthorn, white fur, and vanilla. And it's super good. And it goes super good with watermelon. So um, you can put, just because they're called cocktail bitters, you can actually put them in anything. Sometimes you even just put them straight in water. I do. Yeah, especially like if I have some fizzy water, then I will take lots of herbal stuff and squirt it right in there. And yeah. that's that's pretty tasty. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, so we're going to talk about cocktail bitters and, and specifically about how to formulate them. So if you've never made cocktail bitters before, there are step-by-step instructions and also up-close videos in the herbal medicine making course in our online program. And you can find that at um, commonwealthherbs.com. Um, and that will go through all of the steps. And just in case you haven't done it before, it's good to know as we start out here that cocktail bitters typically have three parts. So they're going to have a tincture part, a decoction part, and a sweetener part. Yeah, this the process itself is actually really simple. Uh, so you're basically just going to make a tincture mm-hmm. uh, with your ingredients. And well, first you got to choose your ingredients, but that's what this that's episode, what we're gonna talk about. That's what this <laughs> all about. But so once you've got that, then you put them in a jar, you make a tincture, you pour on some alcohol, let it steep for a while, and then you're gonna like, once that's done, you're going to strain that out and you're gonna take what we call the mark, or the leftover herb material. And we're going to take that, uh, separate it, and we're going to put some water together with it and then cook it up for a little while um, in a little pot on the stove. And then we're gonna take that liquid, combine it with that tincture we made in the first round, uh, and then we just add a little bit of a sweetener. Super condensed version of the bitters making process. Yes, although the sweetener is optional. It is actually. Like you don't, you, you might taste the blend that you come up with and be like, oh, this doesn't even need a sweetener. But traditionally, there would be some sweetened part that goes along with it. For sure. Right. So we also have, on that online program, a whole course about formulation. But formulating bitters has a little bit of a special set of considerations right. for it. And so um, we wanted to talk about that specifically. Yeah. Well, so, you know, here's a thing to start with is like why are people even bothering to put bitter bitter herbal stuff into their cocktails uh well it's unique it's a little bit different um they're delicious you can you can use the whole tongue i don't know (laughs) okay first of all it's not actually true that you have different areas on your tongue for tasting different flavors all of your taste buds are multitaskers or multi-talented 
<laughs> plenipotentiary. Multi-tasters. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, when you taste something that's complex, then there's it's, it comes in like layers, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, sweet. Oh, sour. Oh, there's a bitter under there. What's going on? And that can be, you know, interesting. And with uh, cocktail culture, a lot of it is like, how can we take surprising flavors and put them together? Or how can we take something that's that's new or that you haven't experienced before? You know, that's a lot of the draw. Yeah, and like make an, an interesting experience out of it. You yeah. know, it's not just like the same old thing every day. Yeah. But we could even go back uh, before cocktail culture arose and then was squashed by prohibition and then arose again yes. from the ashes. Yes. <laughs> um, and we could note that people have been working with bitter plants uh, before there were humans, um, before well, there were modern, you know, homo sapiens around. You know, and then in between before there were humans and cocktail culture and prohibition, there was also... A little, a few things occurred, you know. Right. There was also like an era of bitter beverages bitter alcoholic beverages that served a similar function. They often were before a meal or immediately after a meal. I'm thinking of like Amaro and um, all kinds of different, um, like absinthe falls into this category. And absinthe is not one thing. It's a whole range of things. And then there's like a range of things to which Jägermeister belongs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, digestive uh, or digestif, you know, yeah. like these kind of or things. Or aperitif for, yeah. yeah. Take it before or after the meal. It's usually bitter, oftentimes some pungency or some aromaticity or whatever other mm-hmm. flavors going on. But with that intention that this is to help you digest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. To digest and also because so many of the traditional ones also had aromatic um, herbs in them as well. Whether or not it was intended in the formula to be this way, that does also have a respiratory supportive action as well. And in many cases, a circulatory health uh, supportive action as well. Sure. Even even if they were intentionally formulating to stimulate digestive function, it's not like those other, it's not like the herbs are, are saying like, oh, well, you only want me for my digestive goodness, so I'm just not going to do any of that other <laughs> stuff that I know how to do. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not so. Cool. Yeah, so uh, bitter bitter things are good for humans, and this is a great way to uh, enjoy them. Yes. So, yeah. Well, so I guess the first thing to decide is, um, is formulating for bitters, it's sort of a, sick, a chicken and the egg kind of process. I was going to say a cyclic process, and that's true. But it's like, first you have to decide what herbs you want to work with, and then you have to decide what herbs you want to work with, right? Like, there's sort of a, a round thing there. Yeah, yeah. There's some like parallel processing that happens occasionally. Yeah. You realize that this herb is fitting all of the needs you have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. So the first set of choices that you have are, are you going to blend purely based on flavor? Or are you going to blend with a specific medicinal action in mind? Now, whichever one of those you choose, you're still doing the other one, right? Yeah. If you're blending only on flavor, it's still going to ultimately end up with a medicinal action. And if you're on- blending only with the medicinal action in mind, this is not a medicinal tincture and you don't care how it tastes. This is a cocktail bitter. It's meant to be delightful. So ultimately, you're still going to care how it tastes. You're still going to be blending for flavor. Yeah. So but, they're like intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like, you're like, you can kind of choose one of those as your starting point. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, so maybe you start with uh, thinking about the medicinal action, right? And maybe you say, all right, I want something that's going to help this person relax and put the day behind them after mm. work. And if that's true, then you're going to probably choose a few herbs that can help you to do that. Uh, they might be bitter and bonus if they are, but as far as we're at right now, they don't necessarily have to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about one example, and this was a blend that we did with the Kindred folks, um, it was based on chamomile and blue vervain. So chamomile is relaxing both to the nervous system, but also to like tense muscles. And or blue, tense guts. Yes, and tense guts too, which, you know, have you ever been at work and had like one of those days and like all of your guts are just... Um, yeah, nobody can eat that way. I mean, you can fun- you can put the food in your mouth. But <laughs> yeah, you're not digesting yeah. it perfectly yeah. really well under that circumstance in a way. Yeah. And then blue vervain. Blue vervain is, is really fantastic for this kind of thing in particular to mm. help you to 
let go of things that you're like holding on really tightly and just trying to control it so I can feel comfortable. <laughs> Which does not I'm make so you comfortable. comfortable. Yeah, no. <laughs> right. So yeah, so blue vermin helps you to let that go, yeah. step back a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So another option we could go with, and th- these will be nice because they will diverge. Um, in how we handle them, another option we could consider would be like wood betony and skullcap, where wood betony is helping you to get centered in your body and is really helpful if you have been in the computer all day long, like just doing a lot of really abstract thinky work all day long. And now you're done with that, but you're really still stuck up there. Wood betony can just help resolve those issues. And then skullcap, um, Skullcap is lovely to help you get rid of the hamster wheel. Go, you know, like, it's funny that, like, people would make that symbol of the spinning by their head. To, right. Like, it used to be to mean that you're crazy, but it's it's also just like a hamster wheel. And it's like, oh, when the hamster wheel is spinning too much, maybe you are a little crazy. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're feeling, feeling not entirely uh, the way you'd like to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Skullcap, it does help you to step off of the hamster wheel. Right? Yeah. To uh, <laughs> put down the circular thoughts, right? Just to, to let that go. Step away from the... <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and then it also does help release some tension in your neck and your shoulders. You know, yeah. That's a thing Skullcap can do. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, whether it's chamomile and vervain or betony and Skullcap, we're starting here from the idea of what is the action we're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. What, are the, what are the virtues of these plants medicinally? Right. And at this point, we haven't even thought about what they taste like. We're just thinking about these are the actions that I want and the specific herbs that I would like to work with to get those actions. So now we're going to need to come up with some flavors to go around that. But we're going to do that in just a minute. Yeah. Because I want to think about the other option. Because sometimes you start off just with a flavor like I love mugwort. (laughs) And, you know, I'm like, I just want mugwort everything. And so today I want to make a mugwort cocktail bitter. And maybe you don't have any other uh, motivation other than that. You just love the flavor of mugwort. And you think that the coolest thing on the planet would be a mugwort-based cocktail bitter. Presto. That is is an awesome reason to make a bitter. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, you know, I made a, a bitters blend on uh, based on Tulsi a while back. Yeah. Because it's Tulsi, right? And yeah. <laughs> that's pretty fantastic. So yeah. um, that was the that was the idea was to make it based around that flavor and also to make sure that as we went through the formulation process, we didn't obscure the the individuality of the Tulsi. Yeah. 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 And that's like that's like a the real goal. And and like formulating cocktail bitters can be a lifetime of artistic experience, right? Because that is ultimately the goal is how do I craft like a symphony of flavors where every flavor is contributing to the whole, but also every flavor has like a solo moment, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Nice. You can definitely, there's like a little moment where you can hear each one of them or taste each one of them, but also like, you taste them or experience them as their whole togetherness. Yeah. So yeah, whichever way you start, you the next thing to think about is gonna be how do how can I how can I achieve that yeah. symphony, right? How can I blend other flavors in there um, that are going to work together and just get you something really interesting. Yeah. So um, to get you started on that process, we want to have a little thought experiment. Yes. And this can also be an actual experiment as well. Um, So think about a bitter flavor of something that is like gentian or artichoke leaf or blue vervain or Rin's favorite, centauri. Centauri. Um, Now, if you have these at home, this does not have to be a thought experiment for you. You can just taste them. But if you have ever had any of these uh, and you can't just stop everything and go taste some tinctures right now or some tea, that's okay. Just call that flavor to mind. These are very cooling bitters. In fact, actually, these are all cold bitters. Mm -hmm. They're, They're like strongly cooling bitters. And what I mean by that is, um, 
that well i i actually do mean cooling specifically but the way that that kind of cashes out is that the bitter flavor is very simple there's it is straight just bitter there's not really anything else going on there's not like other flavors happening it is just the bitter and that kind of bitter flavor is often hard for people like when they taste it they're like whoa this is really bitter you know because it there's it is it's just bitter and that amount of bitter can for some people even feel a little bit overwhelming mm -hmm. because there's no other flavors to like compete with just the straight bitterness right. so it's like all bitter all the time all over your tongue yeah yeah so imagine that or experience that and then and then contrast it with the flavor of something like angelica root or elecampane or calamus mm. where these are all what we'd consider to be warming bitters so they have that fundamental bitterness to them and if that was the only flavor they had then the experience would be one that's like cooling in nature but they have other constituents present and so they bring in some pungency and some heat and some blood movement and activation and so those together um, in the same plant here are giving the the taste of it much more complexity and some depth um, And this is even before you start to blend it with other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah Now if that is if those are herbs that you're not familiar with and it's sort of hard for you to imagine then another way that you could think of it is um, Imagine if you had a bitter flavor that was just straight-up bitter and then you added ginger to it or you added hot peppers like cayenne to it now you would have hot plus bitter and it it's a different experience hmm. um yes yeah or another example i guess could be you know if you take say you can do this with rosemary if you take rosemary and you steep it for a really long time then the bitter becomes more obvious sage will do that too yeah, yeah. it was always there mm -hmm. but it's just that if you do a short steep not as much of the bitterness is going to come out into your into your tea or whatever um, you can actually detect this with a, like a tincture as well. So like if you take a, you know, a short hot infusion of sage or, or rosemary and compare that to a tincture of the same plant, the tincture, it's got those aromatics. They're like mm -hmm. rising up, but there is something that stays and remains there and yeah. it has that bitter note to it. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of plants will, will have some of that complexity, but the way that you prepare them or the way you work with them can really shape what is brought forward. Yeah. Right. All right. So going back to the examples that we started with, right? We were talking about uh, a couple of different base blends, right? One starting with chamomile and blue vervain. Mm -hmm. So let's walk back to that and think about it a little more. Well, uh, so if we start with chamomile, uh, that is a plant that you are likely familiar with. It has a lovely floral flavor, but it also has really quite a bit of bitter to it. Mm -hmm. um, so you may not have tasted the bitter in chamomile because maybe you've only ever had chamomile tea that is just like steeped for a couple of minutes and it's sort of yellow um, and you, t you drink it and it just tastes like the flowers and it's lovely and, and wonderful. But if you let that steep really strong, so if you're making it from tea bags, put in like more than one tea bag and then let it steep for like 30 minutes until it turns tea color, until it's like dark brown. Yeah. And now you taste it. It's still chamomile and the flowers are still there, but now there is also a, a pretty significant bitter factor. Um, and chamomile is also just a smidge on the warm side, um, which also, I, like you don't taste it so much like you would with ginger, which is really, really on the warm side, mm. but it, it is enough to kind of add a little complexity. So you have you have the flowery taste, but you also have this bitter taste, and then you also have like a not a little heat to go along with it, but just a little just a smidge of warmth to go along with it. Yeah, yeah, like, a little, little movement, just a little cuddle, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's not like a whole electric blanket, right? It's just like just like a little cuddle. Yeah, yeah. a mouse that you put in your pocket. Nice little warm. Just next to your yeah. next to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blue vervain, on the other hand, is one of the simple bitters. It's really bitter. And yeah. uh, that's worth knowing because that also is going to play into your proportions. Yeah. Right? Uh, you don't need a lot of blue vervain 
to get that bitterness into your into your formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just popped into my head. Um, I think we're uh, we're going to talk about this in a minute, also, but it's important, so I want to say it twice. Um, that a little goes a long way, and you might start to make your bitter, and then you might have accidentally put in too much. And then you might be like, it's ruined. It's not ruined. It's totally not ruined. You just need to add more, like add more chamomile, add a little more alcohol, add a little extra water, add a little whatever. Like this is a place for a lot of experimentation. And if you get something and you don't love it, then cut it with something else right. or or put in some kind of stronger flavor, which we're going to talk about also. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I really want to get across that experimentation is okay and super, super good. And since already there was kind of a little opening to say that, I figured I should just just get it right in here right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so, so far with chamomile and blueberry together, we've got the bitter covered, right? We don't necessarily need to add other bittering agents, Uh, but we probably do want to get some other flavors in there to make it a little more interesting, a little more layered. Yeah. Yeah. In the blend we did with Kindred, um, we we used dried orange peel. Now, you can use dried orange peel or you can use fresh orange peel, but they are a little bit different. The dried orange peel is going to emphasize a little bit more the bitter flavor that, that is inherent in the orange peel. And the sour is still going to be there, but it's not going to be as prominent. The bitter will be slightly more prominent. Right. And, and some bit of an earthy kind of flavor is also in there that I have yet to find a good descriptive word for. Yeah, it's worth saying um, when when we've made these, we've done it with the actual whole orange peel. So not mm-hmm. orange zest where you just right. use that thing and just scrape off the orange part of the peel. But we are including the cortex or the white part on the inside of the peel as well. Um, for a couple of reasons. Some of them are medicinal action because that's where a lot of the more high-powered antioxidants are actually carried mm. in the orange. Um, but also for flavor reasons because that the cortex is also where some bitter flavor comes out of the orange peel itself. So if you've never just bitten directly into an orange straight through, um, <laughs> you may not have, have known that the that the peel carries that bitterness to it. But yeah. there's, there's, uh, it is present there. So, yeah. Now, if you put in fresh orange peel instead, which you totally can do, then you'll get a lot more of the sour aspect and less of the bitter aspect. Mm. Um, even if you're using the same whole peel, just the freshness, it's, it just carries more of the sour into your finished product um, than the dried does. And in this particular case, I I really wanted to go with the dried because I, I wanted to just to keep rounding out the bitter flavor to bring as much complexity to the bitter part itself. And so we had sort of this floral bitter part and then this really cold bitter part, this like very piercing bitter part over here. And then this other bitter part that is kind of has like an earthy aspect to it. And some aromatics. Yeah. And so that just like the more complexity we can get in the part of the flavor that is the bitter, um, then the more interesting your overall product is. Yeah. Citrus of all kinds is kind of uh, your secret weapon when you're formulating your your bitters blends. Mm. Um, There's a reason that citrus-based cocktail bitters are among the most popular and the most common. Um, And it's because the the taste of the citrus, the the sourness, the aromatic elements of it, um, its own contribution to the bitter complex, um, they really do uh, make those pure bitters much more palatable Mm. and this is like a this is an old this is an old physiomedicalist technique of getting people to take their medicine is to (laughs) put some citrus in there (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah and it it can be any kind of citrus right so we've worked with orange i think at the restaurant we were working a lot a bunch of lemon peels were in there one had orange one had lemon another one that we did um which was a mugwort uh and and front like other things blend but that one had hawthorn in it to get that sourness. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's not a citrus, but it's a sour herb. Yeah. So feel free to experiment with other sour herbs too, right? Think about hibiscus, rose hips. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. Um, oh, ginger. Right. That was the other thing that we added to this blend yeah. was some ginger. Just to heat it up a little bit. 
And what we did was we actually made two separate jars. So one jar had sliced up fresh ginger right in the, the, the tincture part, the alcohol part that we were setting up. So the chamomile, the blue vervain, the or dried orange peels, and then the, the sliced fresh ginger went right into it. The other one did not have any fresh ginger in it, and instead we infused a bunch of fresh ginger into honey. And so the so they're both gonna get some honey added to as their sweet part, but and and both of them will get the ginger infused honey. But what's gonna happen is that the one that has some fresh ginger in it is gonna really have a lot more heat to it because the alcohol is gonna pull out a lot of those heating um, constituents in the ginger and pull them out very strongly. Mm. So that one is gonna be a much more fiery bitter. Um, whereas the one that does not have the ginger right there in the tincture part and is only gonna get that added through the sweet part is gonna be like, ooh, and a bit of ginger on the side, you know? <laughs> um, and both of those can be good. It really just depends on what you are looking for in a flavor and what your end result is gonna be too. Um, because sometimes you really want like, oh boy, that's some gingery goodness right there, you know? <laughs> and sometimes you don't want that much. Sometimes you just want, ooh, and a hint of ginger. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> those are the technical measurements. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, ask anybody. <laughs> so you, you should be getting the sense by now that when you're making your own formulas here, you're going to need to experiment. Uh, we had written to ourselves, you're going to need to experiment a little, but actually you're going to need to experiment a lot. Yeah. Um, so how to experiment. First of all, start with small batches. Yes. Right. Do not make yourself a gallon of your first ever cocktail bitters blend. No, like use the, use the little jam jars, the little tiny short ones. They're like four ounces. Yeah. Because cocktail bitters go a long way anyway. And so if you are experimenting with just like a tiny little jar, then you're not using up all of your resources. Um, to make large batches of something that actually in the end didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. Right. So that's better. And of course, if you do have a batch that doesn't come out the way that you want it to, I mean, it's not wasted. Anything that's bitter is still going to be appropriate as a digestive aid. So maybe in the end, you don't end up putting it into a fancy cocktail. Maybe you just use it. Maybe you just take it as a digestive bitter right before a meal, just as mm -hmm. if it's a regular tincture. That's fine. So nothing is going to get wasted. But until you're really solid on, oh, yes, this is a bitter formula that I have come up with and I love it. Don't make a don't make a big jar of it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, um, how do you know if you love it? Well, you got to taste it on its own, but you're also going to want to taste it in its in its uh, natural context. Right. So, <laughs> in its natural habitat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so maybe you make up a nice little Manhattan or an old fashioned or any other kind of cocktail that you like and that you want to add some of your own homemade bitters to mm. and put them in there and see how it comes out. You know, it may be that it tastes really great on its own. But when you put it into that cocktail, you're like, eh, it's missing something. Yeah. Let's go back and add a little bit. Right. Yeah. So definitely try it out that way. But hey, we have another great idea for you in your experiment phase. Long before you get to that point, before you've even made the actual batch of the cocktail bitter itself, take your ingredients in the proportions that you have in mind and make a tea. Yeah. And see how that comes out. Yeah, because water is way cheaper than alcohol. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, um, and also, even before you start formulating, the way that you're going to get really good at this is that you have to know the flavors. If you're cooking... Let's say you're making chili and you're tasting it and you're like, hmm, no, it needs more cumin. Or you're tasting it and you're like, I, there, we need more cayenne in this. Like, it's just not hot enough yet. That, that sort of gut knowledge, or I guess it's tongue knowledge, um, but that, that knowledge comes from a deep familiarity with the flavors that you're working with and what the results is that you're trying to get. And in order to build that kind of a familiarity with the herbal flavors, it's super important to taste them all by themselves. So the cheapest way to do that is to get a little bit of the herb you're thinking about working with and make some tea with it and drink it and don't sweeten it. Don't put anything else in it. 
And um, I was even talking to the to the staff at Kindred and saying like, you guys should get a notebook and just keep it at the bar because the whole team is working on this together. And so every time that you have that you get together and you taste different herbs, keep some notes about it. And that's a way that everybody can share the information too. Yeah. In part because um, things are going to taste differently to different people. Um, And I don't just mean good or bad, but like, uh, it's okay. So, um, start with an extreme example, cilantro, right? <laughs> yes. Um, cilantro to some people tastes great and they just want to have that in all their tacos. And other people are like, please don't ever put that near me. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to think about it. Right? Um, <laughs> it and, tastes like soap they say or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so with that one, you know, like people have studied it a bunch and identified some genetic variants that give you the soapy cilantro flavor and whatever. But, um, like we said, that's an extreme example. And this is true for lots and lots of things that, an herb or a combination of herbs is going to taste differently to one person than another. And so you want to offer your concoction to several different humans and see how they like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys might remember, I don't love nettles. And most herbalists are like, what are you talking about? You don't like nettles? No, I don't. Um, So yeah, everybody's, everybody's different. Yeah, for sure. Everybody is different. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get that emphasis on the right syllable. Yes. <clears throat> All right. All right. So anyway, um, making a tea with your, with the herbs that you want to work with, it's just a really like cost-effective way to do a little bit of experimentation before you start like investing in some alcohol and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So let's come back to that other idea we had based on the betony and the skullcap. So, you know, both of these, like, yes, all right, they have some bitterness to them, but it's pretty mild. Especially the betony. Betony's super mild. It's, like, yeah. practically not bitter at all. Right. And Skullcap, it has a little more bitterness than that, and it's on the cool side and all of that, but it's it's not a, it's not like, this is my bittering agent, you know? It's not going to do yeah. that job. It's much more grassy than, mm-hmm. like, green-flavored than bitter. I mean, the, the bitter's there, but the grass is bigger, I think, in the flavor. Yeah. So, you know, for this for this to work, we're going to need to find a bittering agent and put that in there. And we have lots of options. You know, like you were saying, the kind of classic uh, ones are going to involve things like gentian or centauries in that same family. Mm. Um, a lot of people will work with cinchona bark. Um, there there are a number of, uh, you know, or, or um, uh, quassia. Yeah. You know? Actually, for this one, the one I was thinking about was centauri, which yeah. might surprise you, because no, it delights me. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not usually a huge fan of centauri, um, just because it, you know, all by itself, it's really intense. It's one of those super cold bitters and one of those really intense bitters. But I do think it could be lovely here. And honestly, even though we you even though we had blue vervain in the previous example. I think so. just a smidge of blue vervain wouldn't be bad in this either. You're thinking about the um, the medicinal activity of it all I, pointing in the same direction. I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just thinking like the flavor um, profile between centauri and vervain, they're not the same, but they're similar. Hmm. And, um, and so you'll get like a little bit of a broader spectrum of the bitter flavor if you include both of them. Um, but I think that just a smidge of vervain could be lovely since with this one, we were really trying to go with that kind of an action. Yeah. Okay. And I have a sour idea too. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Do you, can you guess? No. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what it is. I was going to go with Hawthorne actually. Ah. Because, um, you know, thinking about this and we're thinking about somebody who's, who's had a hard day at work or who's feeling a lot of stress. Um, and a lot of times that's something that that's maybe heavy on the heart. Plus, if you are feeling stressed out or you've been sitting at your desk for a long time, neither one of those things is great for your circulatory system. So uh, we do get a little bonus cardiovascular aspects. It's going to be little, but whatever. It's still good. Um, and uh, and it can contribute that sour action with... Uh, with a little bit of a nudge in that direction of like, oh, and I'll just hold your heart here for you too, you know? Yeah, that's pretty lovely. Um, 
I'm wondering if we should get something aromatic into the mixture as well. I think so, because so far we've got like some bland grass flavor and we've got some really cold bitter flavor and like a little sour. So this is not delicious yet. Yeah. Well, I've been wondering if... Nope, I'm going to save that for the next one. <laughs> uh, you know what actually would work here would be Tulsi. Yeah. Oh! Especially, oh my yeah. goodness, you're so right! If you get some lovely Tulsi into there. I love this idea. See, these, this one we didn't write out ahead of time. I was like, ooh, let's brainstorm it together yeah. so that I can be excited with the fun things you come up with. And I love Tulsi here. Let's put a big part of Tulsi so that we really get a lot of that aromatic action yeah. but it's perfect because now we also have the work of tulsi which right. is to like <laughs> now that we've relaxed you out of your head we want to then lift you up but lift you up in your happy good emotion side as opposed to like we've oh it's like one of those sound mixing boards where you bring some levels down and bring some levels up to make it sound just right mm -hmm. um it's like that. It's like we're bringing some levels down, those stress levels, but we're bringing some other levels up, those happy, <laughs> like, feeling good, mood-boosting levels to get everything just right. Yeah. I love this idea. Yeah, I think that'll work. Cool. Okay, so now we've got an ingredients list, and remember, we're going to experiment. But um, some guidelines, you know, start with, uh, start with, for this blend, we're probably going to want, like, you know, equal-sized parts of the betony, the skullcap... Um, lesser sized parts of the Centaurian Vervain. Like maybe a half part of yeah. Centauri and a half part of Vervain, maybe? Yeah, that should be enough to really get the bitter in, but not too much so that it's overwhelming. And then and then probably double sized parts of the Hawthorne and Tulsi. I think so too. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm excited. I want to make that like right <laughs> as soon as we're done. <laughs> yeah, we should try it. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's also try one more um, example extemporaneously based around mugwort. Yes. And uh, I think that both of us have been reevaluating our relationship to mugwort since we grew a whole bunch and harvested it fresh and dried it ourselves really carefully to preserve as much of the aromatic elements as possible. Yeah, I had really gotten on board the mugwort train and then we grew a bunch and I was like, I need to be a lifelong member of the mugwort train. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a premier gold, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I can't even tell you. I love mugwort. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So mugwort, all right, it's going to have those aromatic elements. It has a strong bitterness to it. It's not that intense. No, because it's really, it is in itself balanced nicely by its aromatics. Like, the aromatics really stand up to the bitter. Yeah. Already. So, like, you, you could actually just have mugwort and nothing else, and you would already have a complex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but every herb is its own formula yeah. um, already. Like, herbs are so complex. Um, but we want to do something even more interesting. Yeah. So, um, I think that we can deepen that bitterness with some motherwort. I like that idea. And mugwort and motherwort often come together in my mind, not just because they're warty. <laughs> um, but because this combination we've actually found really effective in, in medicinal contexts uh, pretty frequently, yeah. especially around sleep and difficulty sleeping through the night, difficulty settling down and, and passing into sleep. I'm reminded of that first time you gave me a bottle of mugwort and motherwort and you were like, let's try this. Let's, it was when I was really having a lot of trouble sleeping through the night and waking up a lot. Mm. Um, and it was so effective. And I was like, Oh my God, where has this been all my life? <laughs> I just never myself had put those two together and whatever. It's hard to formulate for yourself sometimes because you're kind of so overwhelmed with how you're feeling and how, and how that's uncomfortable that it's not always easy to think. Whereas you're formulating for someone else, you're not feeling their discomfort. So it's a lot easier for you to feel creativity and um, whatever. It was It was the perfect blend at the perfect time. It was what I needed. Yes. I, I like those two together here. Yeah. Um, so my next thought is maybe we should warm it up a little bit too. Yes. Right. Well, it would have been fine on the warm side until we added the motherwort. And that's now going to push it cold. Um, 
the the aromatics can stand up to the bitter of the mugwort, but it can't stand up to the bitter of both of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we could put ginger in there. We could go with cinnamon. There are other options. I'm kind of hooked. Uh, I've got a little hook in my brain about, about anise or star anise right now, but I know that's not one of your favorites. Um, It's not, but you know what? You put a bunch of star anise in one of the blends we did at Kindred this week, and when I tasted that, I did really like it. <laughs> I was I was really surprised. I was like, I'm not going to like this one. This was one of the ones that we had made ahead of time to take um, to, to show them, and... I was like, oh, I'm not going to like that one. Uh, but I really did actually like it. So I think that's worth trying. And you know what else? Why don't we put some cardamom in with it? There you go. Because cardamom, will, like if you're a person who you're not entirely certain about the anise flavor, cardamom together with anise does really like push it into the nice part of anise. Yeah, you know? yeah. Even more so if you get a little fennel in there, too. I think. I, I would... I'd be willing to try fennel in this blend. Mugwort, motherwort, anise, cardamom, fennel. And, like, those three not are not going to be as big. Right, yeah. And oftentimes when you're making a bitter mix, then your your spices are going to be in there, but not, not a lot, you know? You'll see recipes where you're going to make, like, you know, uh, three cups of, of finished... Uh, bitter and it's bitter blend and it's going to have like half a teaspoon of you know black peppercorns or or a fennel seed or anise seed Mm. or whatever else in there so it is often pretty small amounts right so again start small (laughs) okay so i was thinking well boy maybe this needs some orange peel and then i was thinking oh how about not citrus Mm. and when i when I'm looking for something in that citrus place, but I am like, no, I'm not putting citrus in another thing, <laughs> uh, which I have to do on principle sometimes because I really like citrus. Uh, sometimes I think about pine, mm. actually, because so, like, if you've ever let white pine steep for a long time, this isn't true of cedar. It's really pine that does this. If you let white pine steep for a long time, like... Just leave it in there until tomorrow and drink it tomorrow. You know, like let it steep for like 24 hours and covered. Yes, covered. Um, But it's or or in other words, just make a batch, keep it covered, but don't drink the whole thing in the first day. And then tomorrow you're like, oh, I better drink that leftover tea. Okay, that's what we're doing here. When you do that, at least for me, it has a lemony aspect to it. Sure. It is not 100% lemon, but there is a, a a, like a similarity to citrus in it that really does come through. Um, So I think it would be really interesting to put pine in this. Yeah. And, you know, we could, if we wanted to, we could... um drive in that lemony direction a little bit with any of our uh, lemon prefixed herbs like <laughs> lemon balm, lemon grass, lemon verbena. I know I'm missing some. <laughs> there is a lemon thyme, but that might, might be weird. Yeah. Or it might be awesome. I could. We could make that work. Maybe without the anise and the cardamom if we were going to put lemon thyme in think, there. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be the way to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and all of these, all of these herbs, they're they're named in that way because people smelled them and said that smells like lemon. And yeah. you know, on that phytochemical level, what's going on is that they all figured out how to make limonene, and they were like, "Hey, this is handy. This is useful for me. I'm going to make a bunch of it." Mm-hmm. And then we came along and said, "Oh, I smell you. <laughs> I know what you're up to." <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's a thing. Like plants, plants make things just like we make things. Like we make hair. You know, like humans may care. We're like, hey, that would be a handy thing to have on my head so that I don't get cold. Um, and we make we make hemoglobin to carry iron iron around and well oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. We make um, we make antibodies. So we're like, oh, that would be a handy thing to fight off whatever. So like, when we talk about the constituents in plants, it's important to recognize that it's like hair and fingernails and appendices and like all these other <laughs> things. Like they're making it because it it serves a purpose that they need for a job that they need to do. And 
um, always to remember that really helps. I was talking about this with one of our students who had a question about quorum sensing inhibitor herbs and why they're more effective than uh than like pharmaceutical quorum sensing inhibitors because they're they're like more broad spectrum and whatever and um anyway that that would be a total tangent not to go down <laughs> at this moment but it just yeah it, we, and and we were talking about how um the reason is because that that those agents those chemicals the phytochemicals that are doing that that job that quorum sensing inhibitor job or that biofilm busting job are something that the plant makes in order to protect itself from pathogens just like we make antibodies to protect ourselves from pathogens and they're like custom created Mm -hmm. they're not there by accident you know like hair is not on our head by accident it serves a need which is my head gets cold (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah right Cool. All right. Well, so to sum up here, what we're seeing is that we need to have some kind of bitter that's strong enough to make an impression, even though we're going to add just a a tiny amount to an actual cocktail. You know, when you work with um, cocktail bitters, you are often, um, you know, putting them into the cocktail itself by the dash, you know, or the squirt if you're using a dropper top. (laughs) Right. So it has to be enough bitter that one squirt of it in a cocktail will still give you enough of the flavor that you can taste it. Yeah. And so to that, then, we're going to add something interesting. And that might be (laughs) something warm or spicy or aromatic or sour or, you know, whatever, whatever seems like it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And then last, that we are going to think about balancing out the flavors so that they all play nice and they don't compete with each other so that they don't... Um, cover over the flavors of the other herbs. So if you're going to add ginger to your mix, that's fantastic, but you don't want so much ginger that you can't taste the other plants who are in there anymore. You want to finagle the, the proportions so that you have a really nice balance, but also you, you can really taste everyone in the mix. That's how you do it. And you really only get there by experimenting. Yeah. Like there's no there's no way to say ahead of time, I know exactly what proportions I'm going to use and it's going to be right the first time. Okay, well, ahead of time, you might be able to say, I better not put in too much ginger because that would overwhelm it. But you won't necessarily know if not too much was actually enough hmm. or oops, not too much wasn't not too much enough, you know, so... So that's where the experimentation comes in. And by the way, that's why co- that's why the whole thing around cocktail bitters are such a big deal because not everybody gets it right, right? Like you have <laughs> to put in the work of experimenting and that's why you go and you buy them and they're fancy and they're also not exactly cheap because because it's a whole process. Yeah. But you can absolutely do this on your own. Just try yes. it. experiment a little bit, be willing to be willing to fail, be willing to you know, turn your failures into successes by, like you were saying, adding this, taking away that. Yeah. You know, you can absolutely do this. Yeah, it's yeah. not that it's not that the process is complicated. It's that you have to put in the time and the interest, and not everybody does that. Or that's like not everybody. That's just not everybody's they're doing, thing. They're doing other things. Uh, they're doing other things. Interest. Right. <laughs> right. 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 It's not. Yeah. It's yeah. not that it's so complicated that you can't do it. It's just that it's like okay, it's just going to take me a minute of experimentation, and that has to seem delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say one other thing here, uh, which I maybe should have said right from the start, is that if you don't work with alcohol, you can make a shrub instead of a cocktail bitter. And a shrub is all of the same formulation ideas, but in apple cider vinegar instead. And this was super popular during Prohibition in the United States that instead of cocktails, they would make what was called shrubs. And it was like fizzy water and and like herb infused vinegars and maybe some kind of juice or something. Yeah. And um, so, so all of the stuff that we just said could totally be done in vinegar, totally non-alcoholic and still be really fun totally and delicious. delightful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap it up with some shout outs. Yes. So this week, um, well, we've got to lead off with a shout out to Charlotte, Amy, and the whole crew over at Kindred. Yes. If you live in New York City or are going to visit, then you definitely want to visit them. Yes. They're in the East Village. It's not hard to find. Um, I did it. 
So, <laughs> so I can tell you it's not hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, and we have a shout out to Hemp To It, who apparently discovered Tulsi thanks to our pod. I feel like we have done some good in the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. We can introduce one person to Tulsi. That's that's something. <laughs> um, and we know this because Hemp To It left us a review on Apple Podcasts about it. Thank you so much. That does help people find us. I know that literally every podcast you listen to says this at some point. Please like and rate and review because it helps other people find... It's because it's true. Yeah. It's just true. It's true. So if you do that, then thank you. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, All right. Also to Susan J. Mack on Instagram who found the pod and then wrote to us to say she loves it. And we're so excited. And that made us feel good. Yes. So thank you for writing. Yeah. Uh, And we have another Instagram shout out to Cyclic Beings who made the cacao cinnamon and cayenne infused wine from couple episodes back. Yes. I hope it was delightful for you. And also a shout out to Vanessa, who is also a harp player and noticed that I was posting on social media about starting to learn to play Irish harp um, and said that she got really inspired to to um, go ahead and take the plunge and start taking some lessons as well. And I'm so excited because we're Herby harpies together. Harpy herbies <laughs> together. Um, I, that's probably a very small niche, but if there are any other herby harpists out there, uh, then let me know because maybe we have a whole new special kind of club we could start. There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next time with a little more Holistic Herbalism podcast for you. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Drink some tea. Or... Have a herbal cocktail bitter infused beverage. There you go. And uh, that's it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.